الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله I apologize for the delay but there was an, uh, another lecture prior to this one and then we were delayed on the way so Jazakumullah uh, khair for waiting and it's a, it's a good thing. Knowledge, it requires patience, as the scholars they always say. Seeking knowledge, it requires patience. So patience is something which is a virtue, as they say, especially with the purpose and the aim of seeking knowledge and memorizing it and acting upon it. So we'll continue where we left off in Balugh al-Maram. Hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd, radiyallahu anhu, anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uthiya so now we have the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd. Abdullah ibn Zayd radiyallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu was brought thuluthay muddin. Thuluthay mud. A mud is that? The hands. When you put the hands together, that's a mud. That's what they call a mud. So the Prophet ﷺ was given two-thirds of that. Not even a full one, but two-thirds of it. He was given two-thirds of that. So he began to wipe his arms with it. And also he narrates that he saw the Prophet ﷺ taking water for his ears separate and different from the water that he had for his head. We'll come to the issues of the hadith, but just what the hadith says in its wording, that the Prophet ﷺ, he narrates that he saw the Prophet ﷺ taking water and then doing his head, and then getting separate water to do his ears. That's what this hadith says. We'll get to the rulings about it and if that's the way it is or not in a second. عند مسلم من هذا الوجه and in Sahih Muslim, there is a wording that he wiped his head with different water to what he had done his hands with. So you, before you wipe the head, what's the previous body organ that you do before the wiping the head? Before wiping the head, what's the last body organ before wiping the head? Face, arms, and then the head. So here the hadith says that when the Prophet washed his arms, he didn't go straight to the head, but he got some more fresh water, and then he wiped his head. That's what this hadith indicates. And we'll come to it as we say in detail. So firstly, the first hadith. And Abdullah ibn Zayd, أَنَّ النَّبِيَ سَلَّمْ أُتِيَ بِثُرُثَيْ مُدِّنْ فَجَعَلَ يَدْلُكُ ذِرَاعَيْهِ أَخْرَجَوْ أَحْمَدُ وَصَحَّهُ بْنِ خُزَيْمَةً هَذَا فِي مِقْدَارِ الْمَاءِ الَّذِي كَانَ يَتَوَضَّأُ بِهِ سَلَّمْ This indicates the amount of water that the Prophet ﷺ used to use in making wudu. فَانْظُرُوا كَيْفَ أَنَّ صَحَابَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah ta'ala, he says, 
Look at the companions and how precise and accurate they were in narrating the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. How precise and accurate they were in narrating the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to the extent that they didn't just describe how to make the wudu, they even described how much water the Prophet ﷺ used to use in making wudu. So they described here even how much water he used to use. والمد and what is a mud? المد قدر ما يملأ الكفين المجموعتين الممدودتين. Like this, you take two hands, put them together. That's a mud. That amount of water that you can get together in two hands is one mud. In the hadith, it says that the Prophet made wudu not from a mud of water, two thirds of that, two thirds of that, not even a full mud. The hadith says two thirds of a mud. فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في هذا الحديث توضأ بثلثي مد. So the Prophet ﷺ made wudu with two thirds of that. Even that, if you fill that up, there's hardly much water. But the Prophet ﷺ didn't even use that amount. Two thirds of that. Pour a little bit away, and what's left? Two thirds of it. That's what the Prophet ﷺ used to use to make the full wudu. So the Sheikh says, وهذا ما قليل. This is a very small amount of water. That the Prophet ﷺ used to use to make wudu. ومع ذلك اكتفى به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في وضوئه. And despite that, despite the fact that it was such a small amount of water, two two thirds of that, not even a full handful, two thirds of it only, and the Prophet ﷺ still used to suffice with that. فدل هذا على أنه مطلوب مطلوب تقليل الماء في الوضوء. So this hadith indicates what then? What does this hadith indicate? That the Prophet ﷺ used not even a full hand span of wudu, just two thirds of it. That indicates that when you make wudu, you should. Exactly. Be economical with the water. Don't waste water. When you're making wudu, use a small amount of water. Not as the people they do now, Shaykh Falah. He was saying. Shaykh Falah, he mentioned that the people now, they open the tap, they open the tap on full, and the water is gushing out, and they make wudu. And the water is gushing out, so much water comes out that you could bring your whole family and they could make wudu on that same amount of water. That's how much water that people, they waste now when they make wudu. Open the tap full, and then make your wudu. By the time all the spare water that's been wasted, if you add it all up, it'd be like a big bucket. So here, the hadith indicates you should be sensible. When making wudu, don't waste water. It's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a blessing from amongst the blessings of Allah, so it should not be wasted. So you have this, two hands together, put your two hands together and fill it up. That's a full mud. Get rid of a little bit, so you're left with two-thirds of that. That's how much the minimum the Prophet used to use to make wudu with. The Prophet used to use at least two-thirds of a mud. And sometimes in some narrations it says, he would use a full mud. Fill the two hands up to the top, how much you can get in there. The Prophet in some narrations used to use the full mud. But in this narration it says that the minimum the Prophet used on some occasions was not even a full mud, but two-thirds of it. Fill them up. And then let a bit go, when you got two thirds left, that amount. 
That is the minimum amount that the Prophet ﷺ used to use in making wudu. And what's narrated in terms of the maximum the Prophet ever used to make wudu is a full mud. Imagine now a full mud. That's it. Your two hands, you fill them up, put, pour that into a cup. It'd probably be about one cup or something. Not even that, maybe less than a cup. And the Prophet would use that much water to make the full wudu. Um, Ah, this is going to come later on. That the Prophet ﷺ, he used to make a ghusl with a sa'a. How much is a sa'a? وَكَانَ يَغْتَسِلُ مِنَ الْمَاءِ When the Prophet ﷺ used to make ghusl, the full ritual bathing, the full bath as you will say, but the Islamic bath, the ghusl. How much water did the Prophet used to use to make that? That's a mud. The Prophet used to use four of those. Open the top, fill your hands up, that's one. Open the top, fill your hands up, that's two. That's three, that's four, that's it. That's enough to make a full bath. A full ghusl of the Prophet ﷺ. In four mud. Now if you try to count how many muds there are, you drown. That's how much the people they use now. If you, if you close the shower everywhere, you drown in it. That's how much it is. But this is what the Prophet ﷺ used to use. وَعَلَى كُلِّ حَالٍ So the Shaykh says, In any case, الحديث يدل على مشروعية الاقتصاد في ماء الطهارة وأنه لا يجوز الإسراف في صب الماء في الاقتصاد ولا في الوضوء وحسب المؤمن أن يقتدي بالرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم فالاكثار من صب الماء فيه إسراف وفيه غلو في العبادة والطهارة والطهارة عبادة ولا يجوز الغلو فيها So the Shaykh says that the hadith indicates that a person <coughs> that a person should be economical in his usage of water. That you should use the water sensibly. Not to use the water in a way whereby you are wasting that water. Opening the tap full and making wudu and plenty of water flowing away and splashing everywhere. That's, you, that's wasting the water. So a person should not be like this because making wudu is an act of worship. Making wudu is an act of worship. So it's not something that you should just open the tap and waste the water whilst doing this act of worship. It's an act of worship to Allah. So be careful in how you do this act of worship. Use the water sensibly, this blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So not to waste the water, and this is from the guidance of the Prophet And an individual should not go to extremes. Some people, they go to an extreme. They open the tap full and they say, I have to make sure. And the water is splashing everywhere and going everywhere. Okay, yes, we said you have to make sure that all the body parts are wet. And you have to make sure you don't miss any parts out. But that doesn't mean you have to open the tap full and water is going everywhere and splashing everywhere and you're wasting so much. You can open it a little bit. And a small amount of water comes out, but you can still make sure that all the body parts are being done. So it's an act of worship and you should be careful how you do this act of worship. And not waste the water. Um... So the Shaykh says, العبرة في الطهارة ليست في الإكثار من صب الماء وإنما العبرة في إسباغ الوضوء وإيصال الماء إلى جميع أجزاء العضو The Shaykh says that the point of perfecting your wudu We spoke about perfecting your wudu before Making sure all the body parts are done And you don't leave any gaps on your feet, on your elbows or anywhere else 
The shaykh says, when we talked about perfecting the wudu, the meaning of perfecting the wudu isn't that you pour loads and loads of water on top of it. Pour lots and lots of water on top to make sure that all those body parts are wet. The shaykh says, that's not the point of perfecting your wudu. Perfecting your wudu isn't to be done in this way, where you just open the taps and water flows everywhere. Then you can say, I made sure that I made wudu properly. No. The shaykh says, the point of perfecting the wudu is... That even if you use a small amount of water, but you just make sure, check and make sure that all the body parts are wet. And as long as they are wet, then there's no need for all the wastage of this water. Uh, so now, imagine a person is making wudu. Say for example, he opens the tap. He opens the tap, he washes his hands at the beginning, mustahab. Then after that, he needs to wash his face now. Or for example, first he does the madmada, he does that. Then he needs to wash the rest of his face. So what he does is, this is the top. He dips his face underneath the top. And all of the water falls all over his face. Washes all his face. He dips his water under the top and it washes all his face. Then he puts his arm under the top. This is the top. He pushes his arm underneath it and the water goes everywhere on his arm. Then he puts the underarm underneath goes everywhere. He doesn't touch it. He just puts the arm there and the water goes everywhere. Then he puts his foot under and the water goes everywhere. Puts his other foot under, water goes everywhere. Obviously the wiping has to do it. Is that wudu okay or not? Or do you have to get the water and put your hands over those areas? Or is it okay just to put your head under the top, put your arms under the top, put your feet under, just let the water pour onto those areas? It is okay. If a person just put the body parts under the top and the water fell onto those areas... The water fell onto the face and onto the arm and covered all those areas properly. The wudu is correct. However, it's better. Islamically, what you should do is use your hand to go over those areas. That's proper and that's better. But if somebody just opened the top and put their arm underneath and it got wet everywhere, all the arm is done. It's done. It is done. It's okay. But it's better to use the hands. That's better. It's mustahab and it's better to use the hands. But if a person didn't use the hands and just put the water over that area, it is still okay. So what does this hadith indicate? Mashru'iyat al-iqlal min al-ma fi tahara That a person should not waste water. You should be using a small amount of water. So when you open the tap, open it only a little bit. It should only be coming out just a small amount. Just enough to be able to put on the hands and the face and the areas. Not to open it full and you're splashing it everywhere and the water is going everywhere. Because a person should be enthusiastic to be copying the Prophet and the Sunnah of the Prophet. And the Prophet he used to use a very small amount of water to make wudu. So you should be imitating that and using a small amount of water to make wudu and not using large amounts to waste water. One of the points that the sheikh mentions is if you use a lot of water obviously you're wasting water that's one thing on top of that you're being excessive in your worship you're being you're exaggerating by taking so much water on the body parts 
Wudu doesn't mean you have to put lots and lots of water there. It just means even a small amount, but as long as you cover it all. So if you put lots and lots and open the top everywhere, then you're being excessive and exaggerating. On top of the fact, the Shaykh says, that people who do that, who use lots and lots of water to make sure, then the whisperings of the shaitan come to them too. أَنَّهُ إِنَّهُ يُسَبِّبُ الْوَسْوَاسِ فَالْإِنسَانِ إِذَا أَكْثَرَ مِنْ سَبِّ الْمَا فَإِنَّهُ يُصَابُ بِالْوَسْوَاسِ Because when a person, he uses lots and lots of water, opens the tap full and pours the water everywhere, then he, he says, okay, I made sure that I made wudu everywhere, yes. But when a person does that, always opens the tap a lot everywhere, and the water goes everywhere, then the whisperings of the shaitan come to him a lot as well. He pours the water everywhere, everywhere, but then he thinks afterwards, am I sure the water definitely got to this bit or not? Am I sure the water got here? Am I sure the water got there? Whisperings come to the person then. When he begins to exaggerate in his worship in this way, then whisperings start come to him. Did I finish that properly or not? And of course he has. He's pouring so much water everywhere, of course he's finished it. But the whisperings come to him. But are you sure? Are you sure? Are you, did you? Did you not? The whisperings began to come to this person more. وَكُلَّمَا أَكْثَرَ مِنْ ظَنُّهُ بِإِنَّهُ لَمْ And the shaykh says, the more he opposes the water, the more he opens the tap, the more he'll begin to think about doubts. Did I finish it properly or did I not finish it properly? That's another issue. Uh, the other issue in this hadith is that it is mustahab to use your hands when making the wudu, to wipe over those body areas. So when you're washing your face, to use your hands to wash over. Your arms, your hands, use your arms to go over it. The other side, your arms. The feet, use your hands. That's the better way and the proper way to do it. But the majority of the scholars, like we said, say it's not obligatory. وَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ بِوَاجِبٍ عِنْدَ جَمْهُورِ أَهْلِ الْعُلْمِ لِأَنَّهُ ذُكِرَ مِنْ فِعْلِ مِسَسَلَّمْ وَذُكِرَ الْفِعْلِ وَذِكْرُ الْفِعْلِ لَا يَدُلُّ عَلَى الْوَجُوبِ وَإِنَّمَا يَدُلُّ عَلَى الْإِسْتِحْبَابِ وَالْوَاجِبُ وَجَرِيَانُ الْمَا عَلَى الْعَضُ Because it is mentioned from the action of the Prophet ﷺ that when he used to make wudu, he used to wipe his hands over those areas. That's mustahab. But what's obligatory is that water gets to those areas at least. So even if you put your hand under the tap and the water gets to those areas, it is okay, your wudu. But better, and in following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ more closer, is to use your hands to make sure of that. To make sure in between, like we said, go in between the fingers, in between the beard, wipe everywhere, do it properly with the hands is better. Then the next hadith, وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّهُ رَأَى النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَمْسَحُ أُذُنَيْهِ بِغَيْرِ الْمَاءِ الَّذِي أَخَذَهُ لِرَأْسِهِ that he saw the Prophet ﷺ wipe his ears with different water from wiping his head. So he wiped his head and then he got some different water and then wiped his ears. That's what this hadith says. تقدم لنا في صفة وضوء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه كان يمسح أذنيه ظاهرهما وباطنهما ظاهرهما وباطنهما That the Prophet ﷺ used to wipe his ears inside and outside. We already mentioned that before. وفي هذا الحديث أنه يمسح الأذنين بماء جديد غير الذي مسح برأسه هذا الذي يدل عليه هذا الحديث وبه أخذ الإمام أحمد في رواية عنه وهي التي في متن الزاد حيث عد من عد من سنن الوضوء أخذ ماء جديد أخذ ماء جديد للأذنين. This is what this hadith indicates that when a person wipes the head and finishes that, then he shouldn't go straight onto the ears, but he should get some fresh water and then do his ears. That's what this hadith indicates, and that's what some of the scholars said you should do. ولكن الذي عند مسلم في رواية هذا الحديث أنه سلم مسح رأسه بماء غير فضل يديه. 
But in the narration of Sahih Muslim, what it says is that the Prophet ﷺ, he wiped his head with different water to what he had washed his arms with. So in this narration, it says that the Prophet ﷺ did his arms and his hands. And then after that, he didn't go straight to the head and wipe his head. But after he finished that, then he got fresh water and then he wiped his head. That's what this narration says. قال الحافظ ابن حجر وهو المحفوظ يعني أن الرواية الأولى شاذة لأن ما خالف المحفوظ فهو شاذ الحافظ ابن حجر says that this second narration that is the one which is correct that is the one which has been uh, which has been correct and understood and memorized that the Prophet ﷺ when he used to wash his arms after that he would get fresh water and then wipe his head as for the other narration which says that the Prophet used to wipe his head and then get fresh water to do his ears, that one is uh, shav. Shav meaning that the narration is actually okay, but it opposes stronger narrations. So therefore, this is the stronger narration. That the Prophet used to wash his arms and his hands and then get separate water to wipe the head. Not that the Prophet used to wipe his head and then get separate water for the ears. So that would indicate therefore that when you wipe your head, you do just carry on and do it with the same water. You don't get separate water for it. Because the correct narration is the narration of Muslim which says it's the hands. When you finish the hands, then you get separate water for the wiping of the head. But not that you wipe the head and then get separate water for the ears. So is that understood? Um, uh, the authentic narrators, they stated that the Prophet ﷺ did not get fresh water for the ears. But he wiped his head and he carried on and did his ears. He didn't get fresh water. But instead they said that he got new water when he finished the hands, then he got new water to start the wiping of the head. That's true. When you finish the hands, then get fresh water and then wipe your head. Don't finish the hands and then go straight to the head. Finish the hands and the arms and get fresh water and then wipe the head. That's what the majority, the authentic narrators, they narrated. So when a person finishes his arms, because imagine now he's done his hands at the beginning, sunnah, then he's done the mouth and the nose and the face, then he's done his right hand and arm, then left hand and arm. Then you have to get some fresh water and then wipe the head and then the ears along with that. فَيَدُلُّ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ عَلَى الرِّوَايَةِ الصَّحِيحَةِ بِأَنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَى الْمُتَوَضِّ أَنْ يَأْخُذَ مَاءً جَدِيدًا لِمَسْحِ رَأْسِهِ غَيْرِ فَضْلِ الْمَاءِ الَّذِي غَسْلَ بِهِ يَدَيْهِ نعم, so that's the point of this hadith the shaykh says. That when you washed your hands, you have to get some fresh water for the head to wipe it. But when you wiped your head, you can go straight to the ears. You don't wipe your head and get fresh water for the ears. Wipe your head, you can go straight to the ears. The third narration, or the next narration, of Abu Huraira. An Abi Huraira radiyallahu anhu, anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, inna ummati yatuna yawm al-qiyamati ghurran muhajjalina min athari al-wudu. Faman istata'a an yutila ghurratahu falyaf'al, muttafakun alayhi. Hadith of Abu Huraira, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that my people, my nation, are going to come on the Day of Judgment, غُرًّا مُحَجَّلِينَ مِنْ أَثَرِ الْوُدُوء غُرًّا مُحَجَّلِينَ will come to the explanation of that now. From the signs of wudu, i.e. they're going to be 
radiant from the signs of wudu. So whoever is able to make their wudu longer, to get the shining parts longer on the day of judgment, then do that. So here the hadith Prophet says, Inna ummati, ay ummatul ijaba, alladhina stajabu lil Rasul sallam wa amanu bihi. Haula yusammuna, or yusammuna ummatu ijaba. Amma ummatu da'wa fahum kullu al-khalqi min insi wa jinn. When we talk about the word ummah, there are two types of ummah. There are two types of ummah. There is ummatul istijaba and ummatul da'wa. Ummatul istijaba are the Muslims, the mu'mineen, the believers who accepted the message of the Prophet ﷺ. Ummatul da'wa is everyone, the kuffar, the believers, everyone that the Prophet ﷺ, he gave the da'wa to. So here when the Prophet ﷺ says in this hadith that my ummah, he means ummatul istijaba. The ummah, the ones who accepted, who accepted the message of the Prophet ﷺ, the mu'mineen. That they will come on the day of resurrection, Ya'atuna Yawm Al-Qiyamah, the believers, the mu'mineen, the Muslims, they're going to come on the day of resurrection, when everybody is raised up again, and they are brought back to life again after death, on the day of judgment. Summiya bil-qiyamah And it's called Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Qiyamah means standing. So all of the people are going to get up out of their graves and stand, to be judged and the accountability to happen. So they're going to stand up out of their graves. That's why it's called Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Qiyama means standing up. Because the people they get up and they will go and the accountability will occur. So the Prophet says, My nation, they are going to come on that day. It is whiteness in the face. It is radiance in the face. It is beautification of the face. That's what ghur means. Wal fiha al yakunu fi fars. Have you seen horses? Have you seen horses? Horses sometimes they are brown and they have a white patch on their heads. I've seen some horses, sometimes they look like that. They're brown and they have white patches. That white patch, that is the ghur. Meaning that the Muslims on that day, they're going to be the ones who used to make wudu. Then those body parts where they used to make this wudu, is going to be shining. It's going to be bright. It's going to be like very light. Light and bright and shining where they used to make wudu. The arms and the face and the feet and... Those areas where they used to make wudu, it's going to be light and bright and shining on the Day of Judgment. So here, ghurran means specifically the faces. That their faces are going to be shining and bright on that day. The people who used to make wudu and wash their face, on the Day of Judgment when they are resurrected, those faces are going to be bright and shining. Also, muhajjalina. Jam'u muhajjal wa tahjil huwa bayadul atraf. Muhajjalina meaning the rest of their body parts where they used to make wudu, the arms and the feet. That they are also going to be bright and shining. So that means the people who used to make wudu in this world and they used to pray on the day of judgment, they're going to be resurrected and their faces will be bright and radiant and shining and their arms and their feet will be bright and light and radiant and shining. Because of the effects of wudu, the wudu purified them. And that's how they will be on the Day of Judgment. 
فالأيدي والأرجل هي أعضاء الوضوء. so the hands and the feet they are the body parts of the wudu and the face obviously. وإنها ستكون يوم القيامة نورا يتلألأ. they are going to be light shining on the day of judgment. يعرف به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أصحابه من صائر الأم. and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم will know who the Muslims are. will be able to recognize them because of their white shining body parts where they used to make wudu. that's how you will be distinguished. So this indicates the great virtue of wudu, indicates the magnificence of wudu. Look at this great worship that when you do it, on the day of judgment, your face and your hand and your body parts are going to be shining where you used to make that wudu. So whoever is able to lengthen that shining, then do so. Meaning the wudu goes up to the elbow. But if you can, when you wash your elbow, go up a little bit more, carry on the water above the elbow a bit more, and on the feet carry up above the ankle a bit more, and on the face go around a little bit more, to make sure more of your body parts are going to be shining on that day. This is what the end of the hadith says. However, the scholars, they differed about this last part of the hadith. The first part so far that they're going to be shining, all of it correct. This part of the hadith which says, Therefore, if you can extend it a little bit, then extend the body parts, the ankles above it, the elbows above it, the face go a bit more round. Extending it to get more light on these areas, that's different about. Some scholars said that this is not the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. That this in fact is the fatwa of Abu Huraira himself. That this was the fatwa of Abu Huraira. This was his speech. He was advising... With this, that if you can extend it a bit, then do it a bit more. That's why here the Sheikh says now, اختلف العلماء فيها هل هي من أصل الحديث أو هي من كلام أبي هريرة والصواب أنها من كلام أبي هريرة. The correct opinion is that this extra bit at the end is the speech of Abu Huraira. This bit where he says that whoever can wash above the elbows a bit more and above the ankles a bit more, then do it because all those areas will be shining. So you'll be shining all the way up to there, and you'll be shining all the way up to there. This speech is the speech of Abu Huraira. That's why some of the scholars said that a person should only stick to the original areas. But we'll come to that here now. وَإِطَالَةُ الْغُرَّ مَعْنَاهَا أَنْ يَغْسِلَ الْإِنسَانِ بَعْضَ رَأْسِهِ مَعَ وَجْهِهِ فَهَذَا لَوْ كَانَ هَذَا لَوْ كَانَ هَذَا مِنْ كَلَامِ يَوْسَى سَلَّمْ لَكَانَ غَسْلُ بَعْضَ الرَّأْسِ مَشْرُوعًا لَكِنْ لَمَّا كَانَ مِنْ كَلَامِ أَبِي هُرَيْرَ وَمِنْ رضي الله عنه لم يكن مشروعا لأنه ليس من أصل الحديث وإطالة تحجيل أن يغسل من العضدين مع اليدين أن يتعدى المرفق ويغسل مع العضد وفي الرجلين يغسل من ساقي مع القدمين هذا معنى إطالة التحجيل وقد كان أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه يطيل غرته الغرة وتحجيل فكان يغسل شيئا من رأسي ويزيد على غسل المرفقين بأن يغسل العضدين وكذلك يغسل ساقين ولكن هذا كما عرفنا فيه نظر لأنه لم يفعله رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولم يأمر به ولأن الأحاديث التي وصفت وضوء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس في شيء منها أنه كان يغسل أكثر مما أمر الله تعالى به فالله تعالى يقول فاغسلوا وجوهكم أمر بغسل وجه فقط وأيديكم إلى المرافق ولم يأمر بغسل زائد على المرافق وأرجلكم إلى الكعبين ولم يأمر بغسل زائد على الكعبين سو so the statement of Abu Huraira says that when you wash your face, you should go up a bit into the head as well, and round the sides a bit more and a bit more, 
so that you have larger area that's going to be shining. And when you wash your arms, go up a bit so you have a larger area that's going to be shining. <coughs> and that when you wipe, uh, wash the other hand, go up a bit below, uh, uh, above the elbow so it's more shining. But, Shaykh Fawzan says, this was the ijtihad of Abu Hurairah, anhu. this was his opinion. As for the Prophet ﷺ, it's not narrated that the Prophet ﷺ ever used to go more than the elbow, or that he used to go more than the ankle, or that he used to go more than the actual face and go into his head and outsides. It's not narrated from the Prophet ﷺ. So really what you should do is stick to what is narrated from the Prophet ﷺ. And that is to go up to the elbows and include them, not to go all the way up halfway into the top part of the arm, or to wash the ankles and go halfway up into the shin. That was the opinion of Abu Hurairah, that was his ishtihad, radiallahu anhu. But the uh, actions of the Prophet ﷺ indicate that he didn't ever do that. That he didn't actually ever go beyond that. So that's what you should stick to. And the ayah in the Qur'an says, فَاغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ Wash your faces. It doesn't say go above that. It doesn't say go beyond that. And it says, wash your aidiyakum إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ Your hands up to your elbows. It doesn't say go beyond the elbows. وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ And your feet up to the ankles. It doesn't say go beyond the ankles. So based upon these evidences, the shaykh indicates that it would therefore be better to stick to the original body parts and not to go beyond them. And not to go outside of that. But rather to stick to what it is. وَهَذَا اِخْتِيَارُ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بِنُ تَيْمِيَةِ وَبْنِ الْقَيِّمِ And this is the opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim that you should stick to just the original body parts. And the shining and the brightness will be up to the original body parts. And that you shouldn't go up above that. Even though that was the ijtihad of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu. But these scholars, they say, stick to what was originally from the Prophet ﷺ on this issue. Um, there is one other thing, which is that the Shaykh says, the meaning of this hadith, when Abu Huraira says, whoever can extend his shining body parts, then you should try to extend it, doesn't... One of the meanings that it can mean is persistence. That you continue to always be on wudu. For every prayer, go make the wudu, even if you have it already. So to always be in a state of wudu is something good. To make sure that on the day of judgment, those body parts are going to be shining and radiant and bright. So that is again one of the great virtues of wudu. One of the great virtues of this act of worship. And Aisha, radiallahu anha, anna nabiya sallallahu <coughs> كان يعجبه التيام في تناعله وفي ترجله وفي طهوره وفي شأنه كله. In this hadith of Aisha رضي الله عنها, she says now that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يعجبه التيام. He used to prefer and he used to like to start with the right hand side. في تناعله when he was putting on his shoes, he would like to start with the right shoe first. وَفِتَرَجُّلِهِ And when he was combing his hair, that he would start with the right hand side of his head. وَفِتَهُورِهِ uh, And when he was making his purification, he would start with the right side first when making the purification. وَفِشَأْنِهِ كُلِّهِ And in all of his affairs, he would like to begin with the right hand side first. What does this mean then? This means now that the Prophet ﷺ, he used to like and used to please him to start with the right hand side, for example, fi tana'ulihi, when he used to wear his shoes. فَإِذَا رَادَ أَنْ يَلْبِسَ أَنَّ عَلَيْنَ فَإِنَّهُ يَبْدَأُ بِالرِّجْلِ الْيُمْنَى ثُمَّ الْيُسْرَى
So when a person wants to put his shoes on, based upon this hadith, you should begin with putting your right shoe on first. That's the sunnah of the Prophet Then the left shoe. And if you want to take them off, then you begin with the left one first, and then the right one second. Opposite. When you're putting them on, start with the right one. The left one second. When you're taking them off, Start with the left one, the right one second. So when you're putting them on though, uh, when you're uh, putting them on, remember to start with the right hand side first. وَتَرَجُّلِهِ تَرَجُّلِهِ means combing the hair. So when the Prophet ﷺ كَانَ يُسَرِّحُ شَعَرَ رَأْسِهِ بِالْمَشْتِ The Prophet ﷺ used to comb his hair with a comb. فَكَانَ يَبْدَأُ بِالْيَمِينِ He used to start with the right hand side of his head first. لذا يستحب للإنسان يبدأ بترجيل شعره من اليمين وكذلك إذا أراد حلقه. That's why when a person wants to comb his hair, it is the sunnah that you begin from the right hand side first. Also, if a person wants to shave his head off, if you want to shave your hair off, you should start with the right hand side first again. This is from the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. وطهوره and this is the point of the hadith that also in the purification. The Prophet ﷺ used to like to start with the right hand side first. Meaning, كَانَ إِذَا تَطَهَّرَ يَبْدَأُ بِالْمَيَامِنِ فَيَغْسِلُ الْيَدَ الْيُمْنَى قَبْلَ الْيُسْرَى وَيَغْسِلُ الرِّجْلُ الْيُمْنَى قَبْلَ الرِّجْلُ الْيُسْرَى فَهَذَا مِنْ مُسْتَحَبَّاتِ الْوُضُوءِ وَلَوْ عَكَسَ وَبَدَعَ بِالْيُسْرَى أَجْزَأَهُ الْوُضُوءِ لَكِنَّهُ خِلَافُ الْأَفْضَلِ If a person begins his wudu now. He washes his hands at the beginning. Sunnah as we said, except if you wake up from sleeping. Then he washes his face. Then he goes to his arms. Which one do you begin with? Which is the sunnah? The right one first. That's mustahab. Sunnah to do the right one. Then the left one. Then you do your head and then you go to the feet. Sunnah to do the right one first, then the left one. That's the best way. That's mustahab. That's how you should do wudu. But if a person came to his hands and did his left one first, then his right one. Then he wiped his head, he went to his feet, did his left one first, then his right one. Is it okay or not? The wudu is okay, you're right. If a person does the left arm first, and then the right one, the left foot first, and the right one, he's gone against what is preferable. It is preferable and better to do the right side first. But if you do the left side first, if you end up doing the left hand side first, and then the right side, you have at the end of the day washed all the body parts. Even though you've not done it in the exact right first and left second as the sunnah indicates, which is better. So the wudu is still correct. The wudu is still okay. But it is better to start to the right hand side and do that first. وَكَذَلِكَ إِذَا اغْتَسَلَ سَأَسَلَّمْ مِنَ الْجَنَابَةِ أَوْ اغْتَسَلَ الْغُسْلَ الْمُسْتَحَبْكَ غُسْلِ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ أَوْ غُسْلِ الْحَرَامِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ يَبْدَوْ بِمَيَامِنِ جِسْمِهِ also when a person has the ghusl, you have to pour the water over the whole of your body. In the ghusl again, it's also mustahab that you start with the right hand side of your body first. When a person is making ghusl, wash the right hand side of your body first, then the left hand side of the body. That's the sunnah making ghusl also. And in all of his affairs, يعني كان يحب تقديم اليمين في الأكل والأخذ والإعطاء والدخول إلى المسجد والدخول إلى المنزل. 
Meaning the Prophet ﷺ used to like to start to the right hand side in all of the things. Entering the masjid, start with your right foot first. Entering your house, start with the right foot first. Eating with the... <coughs> eating. Eating the food you eat with your right hand. If you want to take something, you want to pick something up. Even if you want to pick something up, pick it up with your right hand. If you want to put something down, you want to give somebody, I want to give this book to you, give it to you with my right hand. Not to the left hand. All the things the Prophet ﷺ used to like to do them with his right hand. And with his right side. Like entering the masjid with your right foot. But, if you're going to enter into places that are not respectful, like the bathroom, the toilet, it's not respectful. So now what do you do? Do you start still with the right one or the left one now? Now with the left one. أَمَّا الدَّخُولِ إِلَى الْمَوَاضِعِ غَيْرَ الْمُحْتَرَمَةِ كَدَّخُولِ الْخَلَاءِ مَثَلًا فَإِنَّهُ يُقَدِّمُ الْيُسْرَى كَمَا قَالَ الْإِمَامُ النَّوَوِي قَاعِدَةُ شَرْعَ الْمُسْتَمِرَّةِ تَقْدِيمُ الْيَمِينِ فِيمَا مِنْ شَأْنِهِ التَّجَمُّلْ وَالتَّحْسِينِ وَالتَّقْدِيمُ الْيُسْرَى فِيمَا مِنْ شَأْنِهِ إِزَالَةُ الْأَذَى So in the disrespectful place like the bathroom you start with the left side first Al-Imam al-Nawawi said he said the principle is there's a principle there's a rule Whenever you're going to do something which is beautiful and good and nice, then you do it with the right hand and the right foot. Entering the masjid, beautiful, it's good, worship to Allah, start with your right foot. You're going to give somebody something that's nice, right foot, a right hand. So what you're going to do with your good and something beautiful, you do it with your right side. If it's something bad, something where you have to remove some dirtiness or some impurity, then you do it with your left hand and left side. So if you're going to go into the toilet, walk in with the left foot. When you clean yourself after using the toilet with your left hand. So those types of things are done with the left hand. But the good things, all with the right side. That's what it means the Prophet ﷺ used to like to do everything uh, with his right side, i.e. all the good things with his right side. The bad things, like going to the toilet and cleaning yourself with the left side. Uh, so a person should start entering the mosque with his right foot, but when you leave, is that good or bad when you leave the mosque? That's not something really good, you're leaving the masjid now, so you leave with your left foot. Leave with your left foot. Because coming to the masjid, you're coming, you're going to do worship, ibadah, yes, even leaving is still going to be ibadah, but you're leaving the masjid now, the house of Allah, the house of worship, so leave with your left foot. So like we said, if you're going to clean yourself from the bathroom, etc., use your left side. Uh, siwak. Do you use your right hand or your left hand? Why do you use the right hand for the siwak? Good. Uh, what if somebody says to you, I'm using the siwak because I've got bad smell in my mouth, I need to get rid of it. Is that good or bad? It's, gonna be, it's going to be a good thing, but the actual act in of itself... It's like even after cleaning yourself in the toilet, it's going to be a good thing afterwards. Here with the siwak, the scholars, they differed. The scholars, they differed. Exactly what you said. If you consider that cleaning the mouth is an act of purification, it's, it's beautification, it's beautification to clean your mouth, then they say that's a good act, and you're following the sunnah, use your right hand. But if the some scholars, they say that cleaning your mouth is an act of removing that dirt and the smell, it's removing those bad things, then use your left hand. 
So the scholars they differ about it. But there's no real hadith or anything which says right hand or left hand. It depends on your opinion of are you doing it for beautification or is it because there's a bad smell and some bad things and you won't get rid of them, then use your left hand. So it's a difference of opinion about that. Here the Shaykh says you should use your left hand if you're going to remove uh, the harm and the smell and those bits, etc. And if it's just for beautification, etc., then you could use your right hand. إذن القاعدة شرعية أن تقدم اليمنى الأشياء أن تقدم اليمنى الأشياء المستطابة. So the principle is that for good things you start with the right hand side, and for those things which are bad or you want to remove something, you start with the left hand side, the uh, the, the dirt or the impurity. And the final hadith, you might as well complete it as well. وفي حديث أبي هريرة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا توضعتم فابدأوا بميامنكم. The hadith of Abu Huraira which says, the Prophet said, if you're going to make wudu, then start with your right hand sides first. This is an affirmation of the hadith of Aisha. That the Prophet used to like to start with his right hand side. The Prophet commanded uh, to start with the right hand sides in the wudu. Uh, so you do the right arm first, then the left arm, the right foot, then the left foot. But like we said, the Shaykh mentions, this is something which is sunnah, it's mustahab. Uh, but it's not something which is obligatory that a person has to do the right hand side, otherwise his wudu is incomplete. Even if a person ended up doing the other side first, the wudu still be okay. But it's better and more following of the sunnah that you do the right hand sides first. So that is the conclusion of that section. Inshallah, that's good. That's five hadith, I think. Next time we'll begin with the next section which is continuing with more aspects of the wudu. Next time is going to talk about how some people they wear, you know, the turbans, not these ones but the turban you wrap it around. Some people have those turbans wrapped around. If you're making wudu and you've got the turban wrapped around, then do you have to take it off to wipe your head or can you wipe over the top of the turban? These kinds of things we'll mention them next time. That's what the next ahadith are going to speak about. Those kinds of issues. So inshallah from next week on Saturday, we'll begin with those topics.